0: Hey everybody, welcome to Mean Age Daydream, and if you're wondering what TikTok dances you can do to save Roe v. Wade, well, there's an article that goes into that, and I'm going to give you eight lasagna recipes to fight back against it. But before we do, (laughs) I do want to tell you guys, uh, this show, unfortunately... I know I started laughing. I don't know why. Maybe because it's uh, an awkward thing to transition into. But we're starting off a little bit of a sad note here because despite my funny opening, um, we got some sad news over the past couple of days. I'm sure many of you have heard of Donor C and Gret Glyer, who has been on the show before. Uh, We had a relationship with uh, Gret and with Donor C, his organization, which is a charitable organization based in libertarian philosophy with direct charitable donations to specific projects and accountability because you would basically donate money to, let's say, build a well. I remember that was one of the projects which we had helped him uh, complete in a smaller country, in a, in a village, directly impacting people's lives through this direct charity. It was a great example of how communities like ours that believe in free markets and individualism still did partake in charity, showing that if we aren't these heartless monsters, we do in fact care and we're showing that we can do it in a better way than most anybody else can. Now, sadly, uh, as you probably heard on Mark's show, Gret was murdered in his home at the age of 30 this past uh, weekend. And uh, it's an unbelievable loss, honestly, to the community. I'm hoping Donor C itself will continue on and become uh, even more of a uh, an impactful organization. But in the meantime, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a campaign you can donate to to help him out, to help his family out. Obviously, after this sad and tragic event happened, we still don't know what, exactly what the circumstances are, only that somebody killed him in his home, whether or not this was some sort of action taken as uh political means as a business means, or just some psychopath. We just don't know, but I encourage you to go and help out, go to that link and uh, do what you can now. Now that the sad stuff is out of the way, guys, I wanted to, uh, yeah, I, I'm shaking my head at this Roe V Wade fallout mainly because so many of the takes have been so absurdly, abundantly, and catastrophically stupid that it's hard to wrap one's head around them. I mean, like I said, that, that the reference I made at the very top of the show to the seven TikTok dances that will help fight Roe v. Wade that you could do—that is a real article. That's a real thing. It was published. I think it was like a fucking BuzzFeed piece. That is a real thing. Somebody literally sat down and thought, hmm, how can I really get people behind this? How can we fight back against this SCOTUS ruling here to really make an impact? I know, stupid dances. I mean, wrap your head around that. What possible impact could that have? Whether or not you believe Roe v. Wade should have been recalled or uh, not recalled, but overturned or not, That's got to be the stupidest prescription for success that I've ever heard of in my entire life. But now lasagna, as I said, lasagna recipes. Now you're changed people. The way to a man's heart is through his stomach. People take your uh, take your notes there. But yeah, I just I couldn't believe it. And also, it's like, okay, let's extend this. So this dancing is going to be a dance off, like step up three, step up to the streets, except it was going to be step up Four, step up to the SCOTUS. And if so, if judicial decisions are going to be decided by dance-offs, the strategy here is terrible because the only black man in the court <laughs> is a conservative, and Clarence Thomas is going to win that dance battle, hundred percent. Of course, I got a client calling me in the middle of this. Typical, typical. Right on. So as soon as I hit the record button, that's when I get a call. Um. Anyway, getting back on track, I did a, uh, a little, a couple of joke slangings over this past. Sunday weekend, I was with uh, Adam Choit at his comedy show, which was interesting. It was up at uh, an Elks Lodge, like one of the few and guys' oldest black Elks Lodges in uh, America, and did some jokes there. The one that died on the vine, and maybe appropriately, but I still think it was pretty funny, is when I tweeted out. You might have seen it, but capitalizing on a, a pretended confusion and stupidity as Roe v. Wade. And I said that uh, I had heard it as Rover's AIDS and I was for overturning it because I'm sick of these dogs dying of a preventable disease. <laughs> it went terribly. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think one person got the joke or laughed at the joke. But uh, still, my take in Rover's AIDS was more appropriate than the majority of what we're seeing shake out. I mean, so many people, I've talked to people in person, people in Los Angeles, I've seen people I know reposting this on Facebook and, to- and tweeting it out and all those other things, basically arguing that after this recent overturning of Roe v. Wade, which, to remind everybody, does not make abortion illegal on a federal level, which is what all of these people seem to want you to think, what Joe Biden wants you to think and what all these leftist activists want you to think. And I don't know. I have to believe it's not simple ignorance for most people of that basic concept. But you would not be surprised to hear that virtually all reporting from these politicos and from uh, pundits seems to be adopting the idea that on a federal level you can no longer have an abortion which simply isn't true as we know this goes back to states rights abortion never got mentioned the constitution never appeared in it in the constitution in any way shape or form thus it would fall under any of the unmentioned rights aka 10th amendment that would then be delegated by the states um we're seeing arguments and again you know joe biden saying that abortion is a constitutional right I don't know if he's making that out of whole cloth. I don't know if he's referring to it because the Supreme Court created. And again, one of the worst rulings, uh, if you read the actual ruling, it's uh, absolutely absurd. There's no basis for it uh, to ever have become guaranteed by the Supreme Court and put in on a federal level. Thus, the reason it was overturned. But. To hear Joe Biden talk, he makes it sound as though it was somehow written into the Constitution initially. Now, I know there are common laws uh, that have existed and abortions have been around forever in various gruesome forms. But I had made an observation on Twitter that it would be hard to believe that they would put constitutionally uh, in to have the right to an abortion, considering that at the time when the Constitution was written, so many people viewed children as in absolute necessity, nay, a very valuable good, considering the fact that so many children would die at a young age, that you used your children to work literally, you know, this is well before they had all these child labor laws. So they would literally be your workers for the farm, be your workers for the mill, be your workers, the, you know, your uh, blacksmithy, whatever it might be. Children were unbelievably valuable and people would have looked at you as though you were crazy, a batshit lunatic if you decided, well, you know, I got this baby, but ah, I got other things to do. You know, they just, it would not have been top of mind for that time period. So I have a hard time believing that it would ever be considered in the constitution or in by the framers of the constitution at the time. Now, that being said, when we talk about I guess how these things come down to states' rights, you know, if people are being honest, yes, there's going to be challenges to people trying to get an abortion in states that do not want to allow it. Now, a lot of states have already made moves to curtail abortions, whether that be heartbeat bills. A lot of places have cold down the amount of weeks that they allowed. But again, a lot of these places already had the same laws on the books as before. They were just had to have, I guess, the... Basic restrictions because they had to have some sort of option, right? But they would have, you know, eight weeks or twelve weeks, whatever it might be. Now, let's not forget, in many other first-world countries, globe over, you cannot have an abortion after, let's say, I think the it ranges, but anyway, from eight weeks to twelve weeks. You know, I think maybe sixteen weeks. There's very, very few places in the world. That would allow you to have abortions as late as is permitted in some of the states in the United States of America. And to see people go out there and like, for example, in Los Angeles and in Portland and all these other places in California, we have some of the most loose abortion laws on the books. Same thing like Virginia and New York City, right, where you can essentially still have an abortion up until right before the babies popped out and even sometimes afterwards. Now, that's a sickening thing to think about, but that's what it is. In California, you could pretty much have an abortion pretty late on, but we still had rioters going out in the streets, some asshole at a homemade fi- uh, flamethrower that he's using on the cops, and he got arrested and he will be prosecuted. But you still have people, as predicted, going out, destroying private property, yeah, you know, he's chanting my body, my choice. Now, never mind. It's not your property, your choice. And, you know, it's not your property and your choice to protect it. Because, of course, in California, they will side with the protesters that are burning down your building over you if you decide to exercise your Second Amendment rights and defend your property. But I digress. The stupidity of this to go out and destroy private property in a city, in a state in which the laws will not change because of this ruling is unbelievable. And yet you're seeing it all over, which it comes back around. Do these people know what they're talking about? The answer is no. I guarantee you, if you polled 99.9% of the people that are out there causing all this damage, that are out there marching in the streets, that are posting the memes on Facebook saying that a woman cannot get an abortion for medical reasons and that this is going to cost women their lives and that people that have been victims of rape or incest no longer can get abortions. Well, Factually, that's simply not the case, especially for medical exemptions. Every medical exemption that exists still exists in states that have abortion restrictions. You will not have any state say that the mother will die because the child must live. That simply is not going to happen, especially not here in L.A. But talking to people literally this weekend. That's what they think is. They think that no longer do you get to have an exemption for a problem with the fetus. No longer do you get an exemption if you happen to have a problem with yourself where you can't have the baby or you're going to have a bleeding issue or it's going to detach from the placenta, whatever it might be. These people literally think that you now just have to keep that baby and die. That's what they think. And it heard it from the horse's mouth. So is it a problem of education? Obviously, yes, it is. Is it a problem of communication from the people on top who, without a doubt, are seeking only to enrage? Yes, a hundred percent. But at the same time, I have a hope in my guts that this thing will shake out, that we're going to see people calm down once they realize, once the haze is passed and they start to get back to regular basics of understanding that, oh, our gas is $12, oh, we're still on the brink of a nuclear war, and oh, we can't get baby formula, we can't get uh, meat and potatoes, and all of our meat processing plants are getting burned down for some reason. Well, that there might be bigger fish to fry. And that you yourself pretty much have an unchanged environment when it comes to abortion. Now, there are states that are going to be very restrictive. There are states that are going to seek to ban abortions totally and overall. Now, we've seen the private and the free markets, right? And also public institutions, states, say, Well, we're going to provide you with some money to go and get an abortion. Or California and New York have said we're going to get taxpayer money and pay for other people to come get abortions. Now that is fucking bullshit. Okay. I don't want my tax money going to pay for somebody else to travel to my state to get an abortion. And I think it's going to look pretty bad if they actually start to do that. When you start to see death numbers get published as how many babies have been coming over to California to get murdered. That is not going to look great. And I think that that's probably not going to last very long. That being said, I don't know how many people out there have come around and said, you know what? I'm for your right to get an abortion up to a certain point, which is where I fall. All right. And I and I accept that I have a little bit of uh, of a moral uh inequity within myself, insofar as that position, but that's the position I'm happy with right now. While I might believe that you should be able to get an abortion up until, you know, whatever it is, eight weeks, I don't want to pay for somebody else to come into my state on my dime and get an abortion. I don't think it's right. I don't think the taxpayers should have to foot that bill. And I don't give a shit if a majority of taxpayers to vote for it. And I understand it's a state's rights issue, right? If you want to do that and you can find a way to validate it, but I don't want that money going towards it. I guess in the same vein, though, I also don't want state money going towards capital punishment. And as I've argued on previous shows, abortion is essentially state sanctioned capital punishment for babies. That's what it is. You are allowing people the option to kill a baby and the state has sanctioned it and it's a state by state issue. That's the reality of what it is. But I don't think states should be paying for other people that don't live in my state to come here and get their procedures done. Now there are private companies that have stepped up that are going to be looking to do this. I know Netflix and Lyft and you know, I, I, there's a litany of them. There's got to be 20, 30 of them. Now, some of these companies are doing it because they honestly believe in it. Some of these companies are doing it because they think it'll be a recruitment tool. Some of these p- companies are doing it just to get a good PR boost, right? They feel it's easy and simple because, you know, obviously culture is still run by the left for now. And by saying, if you work for us, we will provide you with the funds and the travel and the hotel and we'll pay for the abortion and all this other stuff if you work for us. Well, that's fine. That's well and good. I guess that's the free market operating uh, in its own way. I think they're going to find that that may or may not work out that well for them, depending on the issues that arise. I also think it's going to invite a little bit of fraud going on there, because if you want a vacation, all you got to do is go get some spoon shot up in you, get a baby. They'll be like, Hey, you know what? I got to go off to Hollywood or I got to go off to Hawaii here, get my abortion. I'll be back in a week. You know I mean? It's like, national lampoons abortion vacation you know going up the holiday road we'll get, we'll get clark Griswold up there he'll take audrey you know the plot will be something around him going with her she'll get knocked up her company let's say it's uh netflix and she works out of the iowa office well we're gonna fly you out to hollywood our corporate office and we got an abortion doctor right there in uh, in netflix corporate headquarters but uh, you know clark will fly out with audrey make sure to take care of her but shenanigans will ensue, obviously. She ends up getting to Hollywood, goes into that Netflix abortion do- uh, doctor's office, and guess who it is? Record scratch, Randy Quaid. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> Eddie. <laughs> Eddie's in there. Well, hiya, Clark. Looks like it's going to be me giving your daughter that abortion. <laughs> Call me National Lampoon. I'll write it for you. But seriously, there's going to be, without a doubt, some some issues coming out of this. There's going to be something going on where people are going to take advantage of it as usual. And um yeah, yeah, we'll see what shakes out. I think it's going to be very bad optics for a lot of these states if they look to fund it. uh But otherwise, people are going to say, "Well, how can underprivileged?" you know, how can underprivileged communities get access to these abortions if you outlaw it in their state and you can't make it easy to find whatever? To me, here's an easy solution to that. Number one, you do have the, the private marketplace coming up and saying that we're going to pay for this. Now, people that are on welfare, okay, well, they should probably not be having babies to begin with, but let's say they're on welfare. Let's say they're a disadvantaged community. As we've seen, there is an opportunity here for charities, for nonprofit groups to step up and say, we will pay for you to come here and get your procedure done, right? You can say, uh, you know, and again, this comes around to the different ways in which progressives and non-progressives look at charitable donations. Progressives tend to be the least charitable people, right? This is just factually accurate from statistics, from tax returns taken from the government as far as who actually gives to charity and who doesn't. Conservatives, by far, give more to charity, and it's leaps and bounds. Progressives tend to want to force government into doing their charity for them. So Those they don't really give that much money on their own. Here's an opportunity to step up, put your money where your mouth is. If you believe that this is a right that people should have, you can pay for that right. You can go ahead and you can ha- start a charity up. You can donate. You can have people. You can coordinate. You can have online signups to fly people across the country to get these abortions or put them on buses or whatever it might be. That's fine, but don't pretend, and I've said this before with other other arguments insofar as moving places or going to get things done, don't tell me that if something is such a life-changing and vital thing to have happen, that you can't find a way to do it. Now, on the other side of that argument, are we going to see a lot of black, uh, black market slash back alley abortionists? Yes, we definitely are. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, you're going to see without a doubt some women die because they had procedures that were not real medically sanctioned you're going to see people get arrested you're going to see um, probably some awful things happen to babies because they are having procedures outside of what would be a, a sterile clean environment and not done by true professionals this is a consequence of this type of action but I don't know. For me, I'd still rather have it be this way. I'd still rather have it back in the state's hands. I'd still rather have um, the options for people to move, to go, to to get this done at their own uh, volition and have the states and its populations decide what they are comfortable with. That is the point of having a federal system. All right. What else do I want to talk about on this side of things? Oh, I saw that the Arizona Senate got stormed because, you know, Obviously the Arizona Senate had a lot to do with the SCOTUS ruling on uh on this whole thing. But no, they marched in and they uh went to the building very similar to something else that I I I feel like uh it might be going on today as I'm recording this. Oh, that's right, January 6th. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not hearing a lot about it, not hearing a lot of news reporting on it, not hearing a lot of people talk about finding the leaders, finding out who incited the attack on Arizona's democracy when these leftists went in and literally stormed in while, here's the difference, while the Arizona Senate was in session, while they all were there, they stormed in and started raiding the building and yelling and protesting and doing all their shit. You'd think a direct apples and apples comparison like that would get some people's notice, but apparently it's flying under the radar. Now, another thing we're seeing after this is uh, racial attacks on Clarence Thomas. Unlike the racial compliments, which I have given him as a dance off champion of the Supreme court, but you're seeing people like uh, God, there was like some European pollster, super liberal European pollster literally called him the N word on Twitter And he got booted off, but called it to him. You're seeing calls for violence all over social media, which are not being curbed. You're seeing people use racial epithets on Twitter and other social medias. Not the N-word necessarily, but racist adjacent, (laughs) you know, uh, Uncle Thomas, Uncle, Uncle Clarence, right? Of course, these are racial terms in regards to Uncle Tom and they're all attacking Clarence Thomas, right? Even though Judge Alito, I think he wrote the actual opinion everybody's reading, but people are going after and attacking Clarence Thomas for this more than anybody else, I guess, because they feel that a black man, his allegiance has to be to Roe v. Wade somehow. His allegiance has to be to the Democratic Party, which again is a racist sentiment on its own. His allegiance has to be to, what, killing black babies? I mean, we know that More than any other segment of the population, black babies are aborted, and you have some people speaking out on this, but clearly not enough. You have people that want, like the Democrats. I talked about this. I can't remember if it was in a a good morning fuckhead rant, which again, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty or lionsofliberty.locals.com. Sign up for our Patreon as little as five bucks a month, guys, and you'll get my everyday morning good morning fuckhead rant. But talking about how Democrats wanted to literally block search results, block search results for pregnancy crisis centers, for help centers that would give you guidance or give you help or give you uh, money or give you resources to try to not have you abort your baby. If you went there and you're worried about having a baby because you don't think you can handle it or don't have the funds or don't have the, you know, can't afford diapers, these people will say, let's help you. Yeah, these are nonprofit groups. The Democrats want to block those search results from coming up. If you Google, they'd have ads be bought, right? For abortion, Google keywords, other keywords as, you know, anything. If if you know anything about how advertising works on the internet, you buy keywords. Those keywords get searched and a result comes up. So these crisis centers for pregnant women would come up and they'd say, okay, well, we're going to buy obviously abortion because we want people not to have those. We want to help them have the baby. So Democrats want to ban these centers from doing that. They want to ban search results. They want to ban map results in coming up and showing pregnancy crisis centers because they say that they misrepresent themselves. Okay. Goes to show you, they're even against the concept of somebody not having an abortion, which is a unbelievably sick and perverted mindset. But anyway, um, I lost my train of thoughts. Talking about Clarence Thomas, but I'll say we. Oh yeah, also Lori Lightfoot. You know, disgusting Beetlejuice is out there at a concert in Chicago, which I don't. I don't understand how these people haven't just thrown her on the train tracks, considering the murder level, considering the rate of of uh, poverty that's going on in Chicago. I mean, unbelievable. But she's out there, you know, shouting, calling Clarence Thomas, saying "fuck you," Clarence Thomas, and all this psycho shit for a mayor. Now, I don't give a shit what your feelings are about Clarence Thomas personally, but as a mayor of a city, should you be going out and yelling, fuck Clarence Thomas, a Supreme Court judge? It looks a little unseemly to me. I know I wouldn't do it. And you hear me, I curse all the time. (laughs) But if I was mayor, I certainly wouldn't. Woman wouldn't. I mean, honestly, if you ever saw what Lori Layfoot looks like, and I'm sure everybody out here has at least seen her a little bit, you would have thought that a homeless person stormed the stage and stole the microphone and just did a crack addled rant is what she looks like and sounds like with that insane haircut, this bulging, gross eyes. She looks like somebody strangling a fish, right? Like <laughs> she looks like somebody strangling a chia pet is what Lori Lightfoot looks like. Just a grotesque woman. Oh, uh, another thing I saw a, the DNC's chair claims that the Supreme Court is now illegitimate because of the ruling illegitimate because of the Roe versus Wade ruling. This goes to basically in line with everything that's happening. The Democrats are accusing Trump of trying to overthrow our democracy because he thinks that the results of the election were illegitimate and tried to find ways to push back on that and do checks and blah, 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 right? You could argue whether or not you think that was appropriate or not, but I'll tell you what, his saying that the results of that election are illegitimate uh, have far more weight and claim than Democrats saying that this ruling is illegitimate because this ruling came about by justices that are vetted, that are approved, that are come through, that have long legal tenures, except Sotomayor. I don't know how the hell she got on there. She doesn't know what she's doing. But they follow the processes exactly. There's no illegitimacy in having these opinions line up with sound legal arguments behind them. And now, because they lost it, though, it's illegitimate. And to go back to voting counts, the Democrats have said that many elections were illegitimate over the course of the years. They've said that many uh, different findings were legitimate that they didn't agree with. I'm sure when climate change is exposed as the scam it is, it'll be considered illegitimate to uh, talk about that as All counter arguments to climate change or anything the Democrats believe in are illegitimate and (laughs) a.k.a. racist. But I tell you what, it's not really working. Um, All these cries, all these claims from the Democrats because they have pushed too far. You saw over the course, the stats just came out, 1 million people migrated from the Democratic side to the GOP. Is that a good thing? No, no, not necessarily. I mean, it, it might be a good thing insofar as Taking the reins out of a political class that has clearly lost the bead on reality, taking the reins out of people that are clearly pushing very extreme viewpoints, excuse me, on how to change the country, on how to uh, ad- additionally indoctrinate our children into what I believe is a philosophy of hatred and divisiveness, uh, of fear, right? And all you know, the government exists to create fear and pain. And the Democrats doubly so believe in creating fear and pain in that regard. And, of course, taking it on you to give other people uh, less fear and pain. But the problem is you have to have fear and pain to get to the funding that the Democrats want to provide you. It's a whole circle of pain. Now, with this one million switching the GOP, Direct result of the CRT, direct result of the education push, direct result of COVID, direct result of lockdowns, direct result of these people going out and unabashedly, unapologetically still insisting that they are right. So you're seeing people give them the double birds and most of these people are in the suburbs from the articles I've read and switch to GOP. Now, the problem here is, right, from our aspect, I'm not a GOP guy. I'm not a uh, Republican, nor am I a Democrat. I am obviously a libertarian, or as close to a libertarian as you uh, you you can say you are. I don't think we are necessarily going to benefit from this recent spate of conservative wins. You have people fleeing to go to the conservative side, right? You have DeSantis in Florida Basically, grandstanding against the CRT, and, and again for good reason. I like what he's doing. You know, coming out and saying you can't sexualize children and you know teach them about gender ideology before third grade. Saying that uh, CRT is wrong and pushing back on that. Pushing back against the coronavirus knowledge uh, that's been perpetrated and pushed out here as a narrative by the government, which we know is factually inaccurate now. Pushing back against vaccine mandates, etc. Then you have conservative wins in the Supreme Court. You have the right to bear arms right in public. You have that Second Amendment right restored, where you don't have to go through the onerous. You know, well, we'll see how it shakes out. There's going to be a lot of a lot of different lawsuits coming out of different states, but still, you have Second Amendment rights being put back into place. I I already talked briefly about yes, the the federal police situation and Supreme Court ruling on that is not great, but you have Roe v. Wade, which is of course going to be beneficial to conservatives. These things are going to be short-term gains, at least for now, in my opinion. And I think that for us, for people that believe in free markets, that believe in small government, that believe in uh, essentially the individual and hit that person's capability to forward society to make the best for society as a whole, uh, as a whole through individual action and not collectivism or socialism. Well, I think this is going to be a little bit of a knock to us because. When you have very public victories coming through, when you have people coming out of this malaise where they were looking elsewhere, because look, the GOP didn't do shit to stop coronavirus lockdowns. They didn't do shit to push back back against the vaccine mandates. DeSantis, I guess, is the notable exception. Overall, they rolled over and they let these things happen. Thus, the perfect perfect, uh, area was set for us to spring forward. And now, you know, whoever's running for the LP, obviously Angela McCardo's chair, hopefully she doubles down on this messaging. Dave Smith, if he ends up running for president, can double down on this. But we have to remind people what we went through, what we've lost. And these goals, or sorry, these goals, these wins that have been secured by the Supreme Court, these wins can distract people from the failures of the systems in place, from the failures of the political elites that they have been supporting previously. This is concerning. Because the more they forget the pain that they went through, the more that they get obsessed with, hey, you know, it looks like the GOP is back. Well, the more fucked we are, we fall right back into that two party paradigm that has led us into world record debt, world record inflation, world, you know, again, nonstop war and a absolute degradation of our culture, of our economics, of our savings, of our future, of everything that we believe in at home. So these things concern me. So I'm t- I'm of two minds. On one hand, I can celebrate the second right, uh, Second Amendment rights. I can celebrate uh, Roe v. Wade being becoming a states' rights issue rather than a federal issue. But there are drawbacks, and I'm just just saying that, just floating that, guys. All right, I should talk about some other stuff. I don't want to make this all about Roe v. Wade. I've already talked 30 minutes. So, by the way, before I move on to my uh, second half of the show, I want to remind you guys that you can go and get yourselves protected from your internet stalkers, from the things that follow you around to every website you visit, whether it's on your phone, your computer. You want to protect yourself. And the best way to do that is by going to our friends at IP vanish VPN. Now you can go and get yourselves 70% off by going to IP vanish. I'm going to go right now.com forward slash lions. And you put in your promo code lions and you can get 70% off of the yearly plan, which works out too. This is why I want to go to the website, $3 and 20 cents a month. Now, Vanish has been around for quite some time. They have thousands of reviews on Trustpilot. They are, without a doubt, one of the absolute premier services in the industry to protect your IP, protect your privacy, stop ads, stop spam bots, stop hackers from finding out your information. And again, be able to track what you do on the Internet. This also applies because it can hide your IP address for, let's say, whatever reason you want to hide it from an international standpoint, right? They they can't find where your IP address is. You are protected in that way. Also, with one click of a button, you can protect yourself across all your different devices, your iPad, your phone, your laptop, whatever it might be that you're using, you can protect that. Your Roku. Make sure you get in. Stop yourself from being followed around. Make sure that nobody's perving on your private info. Go to ipvanish.com forward slash lions. Get that deal. And you support our show, which wouldn't that be great for you? It would be great if you did that. All right. So uh one thing I just thought was kind of funny, Howard Stern is up in arms because obviously Roe v. Wade and uh, Howard Stern has now uh, lost any semblance of being a... <laughs> An independent thinker, he is now simply a mouthpiece for the left, and thus, he has been so enraged that he has decided that he just might have to run for president. Now, he also said he was going to run for president to, quote, overturn Roe v. Wade and overturn the Supreme Court. Now, somebody could tell Howard Stern that is not a power the president has. They don't <laughs> when you come in, they don't give you the, uh, the national treasure map from the desk. And then also they go. And by the way, here's one overturn the Supreme Court free card. That's just not the way it works, Howard. I'm sorry to break it to you. And uh, I doubt that anything's going to happen considering the fact that there's several young justices in there uh, on the conservative bent. And I don't think they're going to go anywhere very soon. So Howard Stern, good luck to you, my friend. Another topic here I want to get into uh, and then I'll talk about some movie stuff. So, yeah, you know, like, I want to do a little bit more culture here, too, and movies. I don't want to make it all all bitching. But uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, good old Lane, she got sentenced to 20 years today. And uh, I mean, the odds of her dying. Wait, can somebody get a pool? Can somebody start a pool for how many days in until she gets suicided in her cell? And the thing is, they're going to, of course, they're going to challenge it because he said that she was already tried the public court opinion. But from what I read, and remember, guys, no cameras allowed in the courtroom. No cameras in the courtroom today. Now, you can televise the January 6th Dog and Pony show no cameras in this courtroom. No names revealed in the courtroom uh, for these child rapists and uh, pedophiles who had an elite circle flying here and there with Bill Clinton and Bill Gates and, uh, I don't know, all the bills, everybody, Donald Trump. But they sentenced to 20 years in a minimum security prison. So, you know, <laughs> that's actually be pretty easy to get in and murder somebody, <laughs> you know, I mean, my God, they give her twenty years for running one of the most vicious pedophile rings, and some of the testimony these these young girls were saying was truly horrible. They, you know, sex trafficked at fourteen, raped, had abortions, you know, basically kept in fear and terror. Of people saying that they were. You know, one girl testified that uh, Maxwell and Epstein said that they would kill her if they told anybody. Kill her. Kill her friends. Yeah. So twenty years in minimum security country club. Nice guys apparently the same prison she's supposed to be set at the same prison where orange and black was filmed so you know hbo there's your new series uh pedophiles are the new acceptable that's what you can call it but i'm curious to see how long she lasts because she still knows too much i think she got taken out they still by the way you know who got taken out i still believe he was assassinated but john mcafee and his body's just been sitting in like what was it not ecuador not Peru, Panama. Is that where he was? I can't remember where he got killed, but his body has been there for a year. That's weird. <laughs> what are they doing with it? Why is it there? Is it a fucking NFT? Do they buy it? It's bizarre. All right, let's do some movie time. Of course, forthcoming review for National Lampoon's abortion vacation, TBD. Again, hit me up National Lampoon. I'm going to write that for you, but I saw several movies. I just wanted to talk with you real quick. Um, I saw Doctor Strange. Meh, is how I describe that. It was a a fairly boring fare. I don't think it visually was as stimulating as the other films in the series. It had some uh, America, a, a Mexican gal named America who punched stars through the universe. That's as best as I can describe her. <laughs> to let you know, the plot was not ideal in my opinion, and pretty stupid. I will say though, there wasn't a lot of woke nonsense in it, other than drum roll, a lesbian kiss. And apparently, Disney seems to have settled on a middle ground of we're going to put a lesbian kiss in everything, right? As their that's this is their statement because you'll notice that that lesbian kiss. And I don't know if it's a digitized version of these same checks, but lesbian kiss is also what caused the hoopla with Buzz Lightyear. Now I haven't seen the Buzz Lightyear movie. To be honest, I probably won't see it. You know, like, you know, I guess there's at some point, maybe I would, if my daughter gets super into Toy Story and the original Buzz Lightyear, voiced by Tim Allen, maybe I'll see it. But right now, I have zero urge. It's a very stupid concept to me. You have a movie that's based around toys, right? And then you have a uh, a guy that's supposedly the inspiration for the toy in the movie Toys or Toy Story. And this is the origin story of the real guy that caused the toy that was then in the movie about toys, a toy. It's such a convoluted and stupid concept that it makes me angry. They also, of course, replaced Tim Allen with uh, Chris blanking on his name, Captain Douche America, you know, who is notably, and I'm sure this was intentional, notably one of the most progressive and insufferable honks in the acting space. Just one of those guys that if you look at his feed, kind of like Mark Ruffalo, everything is asininely leftist, stupid, repetitive talking points. So they replaced conservative Tim Allen with... Chris-whatever-the-fuck-his-name, Captain America guy, which people were not happy about. But I get it. From a standpoint in Hollywood, okay, if you're making a movie not on the toy, but on the original character, fine. I don't know, replace him. It's supposed to be a younger version, fine. Whatever. That makes sense to me. I don't have a problem with it except for the optics where it looks very intentional to swap out conservative guy for hyper-liberal guy. But that aside... The lesbian kiss in it. Now, is a lesbian kiss in a film something to get upset about? I personally don't think it is. I didn't really give a shit when it happened in the Doctor Strange film. I probably wouldn't have given a damn in the Buzz Lightyear film. The problem is, and I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine about this, who's more on the left side of things. The problem is not that there was a lesbian kiss in the movie for this, you know, I don't know, some parent couple. The problem is that Disney has made it so politicized that people are looking to get pissed. They're looking for this now. So instead of putting it in there as a natural, engaging moment of love between two people that happen to be in this film and happen to be a female-female couple, now you've made it into a political statement. And that is what people are pissed off about. It's not that people are outwardly anti-gay, especially not now. Even you know, 80% of the conservatives have no problem with gay marriage. It's not that people are inherently sickened by a lesbian kiss. It's that they're sickened by the politicization of entertainment content explicitly targeted at children. And because Disney has made such a big deal out of this over the past year, publicly feuding with DeSantis, publicly saying, we are going to actively push LGBTQ in our films for the purpose of reaching children with it. People are going to be pissed off. Rather than simply, again, I said, rather than simply keep your mouth shut and do it organically, reflecting what's going on in our society. And this is, again, why people are getting annoyed with the commercials coming out now. People are getting pissed off about, you know, every commercial has to have a, a lesbian uh, kiss or a uh, a black couple or, a, you know, whatever. It's like every single commercial has to have it predominantly because this is reflecting Black Lives Matter. It's reflecting LGBTQ and all this other stuff. It starts to get aggravating to people because It's not reflective of our actual society. And seeing it once in a while, you go, "Ah, whatever, yeah. Yep, that makes sense. Instead of that, when people feel they are being propagandized, which they clearly are, that's when they start to get upset. When the reality doesn't reflect the culture at a large, people start to get annoyed when it's being shoved down their throats. That's the problem with Buzz Lightyear. That's why it died at the box office. That's why it probably will not have a great run overall and probably won't even have great download numbers on on streaming media because people don't like to be preached to. Now, I also saw... uh, I don't know. This movie wasn't that woke. It was just a huge piece of shit. Jurassic World! But I'll tell you, I told this on the Boring Podcast. I went up uh, to the DGA Theater. My father's in the DGA. And if you want to check my dad's... uh, He's got a a conservative uh, show called The Senior Delinquents. He does. It's like 10 minutes long on YouTube. You can find it. But... I went to the DGA theater. It must be the only place in all of Los Angeles that still makes you show a COVID test, vaccine, right? Or show you a vaccine proof of vaccination, even though we know that that doesn't mean fucking anything anymore because people that are vaccinated are getting COVID more than the unvaccinated. But they make you show your vaccination card because it's very political. And they make you wear a mask the whole time, even though we also know that masks don't do shit and people were wearing literal Cloth coverings that we know don't do anything. But they made us work. So that's what we saw. Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, it had a lesbian pilot in it. Uh, a black gal who was, by the way, a knockout. Just absolutely gorgeous. But they didn't really push it that far. I'll say that. And again, it's the exception that this is another... You know, well, I guess this wasn't uh, Disney, right? I think it's Warner Brothers or something. Or Universal. But... Kind of like Disney, it does certainly seem that the entertainment industry has settled on lesbians okay, right? Because you're not even seeing many gay men anymore, and maybe this is targeted, maybe this is specific because you'll note that a lot of gay men, especially straight white gay men, have kind of been pushed to the wayside. You didn't have a gay guy in the uh, was it the Boston Pride Parade or the New York City Pride Parade? One of the one of the biggest ones, no gay man. Because apparently now being a gay man, gay white men especially, makes you one of the privileged classes. So we got to settle on lesbians. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is literally what I'm seeing play out in film and television. So there's this uh, black lesbian pilot in there. Of course, you got Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard, who's looking a little chunky. Um, a very stupid plot about an evil corporation creating big old fatty locusts And naturally, there's no nuance to it. It's just big corporations bad, big corporations greedy, big pharma greedy. Now, granted, many big corporations are greedy and they are in in line and in in cahoots with government. This company was too in the movie, right? They got the exclusive contract to uh, manage the dinosaurs that are now roaming the earth. But they just can't. They, They need more. So... For no fucking apparent reason I can figure out, they create giant locusts to eat all the crops, except crops that are treated with their specific grain and seed mixture. As if no one would track that back to them. The most obvious and terrible supervillainly ever created happened in this movie. So that's your one plot. And then the other plot is that there's some stupid shit about a girl being cloned. And really I couldn't give a damn. It was a comedic experience watching them try to put a film together. That was two and a half hours long. They brought back all the old heads, uh, Sam and uh, what's her face. Laura Dern came back. Of course, you've got Jeff Goldblum coming back for a cameo. All these people were in it all insufferable, except for Jeff Goldblum, by the way, who was still nice and charming. One of the least funny films, one of the dumbest plot lines, Trying to get, uh, you know, again, you know, the, the archaeologist guy and the uh, Laura Dern's character to, to kiss and make out cringeworthy moments all the way through and try to find a cure to these super locusts while taking down the big corporation. It was just so bad. So atrociously, atrociously bad. I also happened to catch Maverick, though, right? And I'd gone on a, you'll remember, A long rant about Maverick being propaganda, government propaganda, which it was, and it still is, government propaganda. But having seen it, God, what a great movie. I would see it again in a heartbeat. It was fantastic, fun as hell. Didn't have any woke shit in it. You wonder why it's past $1 billion right now in the global box office, $1 billion. And still has got legs, it's still summer. It had zero woke bullshit in it. It had zero bullshit trying to make you feel bad about yourself, bad about your country, bad about your race, bad about your sex. Didn't have any of that. You know what it had? A lot of good old-fashioned shit talk between every sex and every race, balls busting good times, and and, uh, jet fighters flying around in the sky, shooting, blowing crap up, doing crazy stunts. It was amazing. It was amazing. It's what Comedy its what, not not comedy, it's what entertainment should be. It's a place to check yourself out and decide, I don't need to bring my brain here. I can leave the worries of the world at my doorstep and go out and see this movie. And you know what? Don't worry. The worries will be there when you get home. They're all over Twitter. If you want to seek it out, I mean, it kind of comes back to the old days when they used to have films. There were two categories. One were critic films. They were award show films. And they were all your... You know, your bloody hard, progressive leaning bullshit stories that existed for one purpose. And it's made to me- make you feel good about the causes you support or good about the outrage you felt or the hatred you felt towards conservatives or makes you feel so sad and so guilty that white people could perpetrate whatever on black people, you know, 200 years ago and, you know, whatever it might be. They were your award films and they'd win some awards and most people would ignore them. But now they seem to have stopped making just award films that were this sad bastard bullshit. And they tried to put all the sad bastard bullshit into the mainstream consumer films. Guess what? People don't like it. And you're seeing that reflect. You're seeing it right now in the change in which is happening in the industry. You're going to see a lot of people lose their jobs. You're going to see a lot of people decide, you know what? We have to put profit over our quote unquote principles here and start making films that people don't fucking hate outside of jerk offs that went to Berkeley Film School or went to uh, the New York Film Academy for, uh, I don't know, privileged dingleberries who want to write 200, you know, 200,000 page reviews of The Witch and how it had feminist uh, undertones you know, seeded all through it. And yet it's just, it was a stupid movie that had no real ending of, uh, I don't know, some bitch and a witch in the woods. If you've ever seen The Witch, you know what I'm talking about. Terrible film. Anyway, there you go. That's my little, my little quick review wrap-up. I might do some more of these as I uh, actually get to see more movies. Hard time seeing most of these films, but I'm going to give it my all. And uh, I'll be back next week, guys, with some more action-packed podcasting for you. I'm really hoping that we get a little bit more of a break. Cause I, uh, like I said, I don't want to do as much current event stuff. I do want to do some overarching thematic stuff. Again, the mean age daydream talking about selling the concepts of freedom of free markets of libertarian thinking and inspiration, how we can inspire people to believe in what we believe and tell them how it will play out. So I'd like to do more of that. Hopefully next week I will have my chance to circle back and do some more topics. But for now, I will tell you that I'm going to uh, wrap it up. But you should listen to the other two shows on the Lions of Liberty Network. Of course, Mark Claire with Monday's show. John Odermatt with Finding Freedom on Thursdays. I am here every Wednesday with Mean Age Daydream. And if you'd be so kind, please do subscribe to the individual feed for Mean Age Daydream. Give that a review. I meant to get a... Uh, I actually was going to do my film segment reviews this past week, but I just got completely burned out. My parents were in town and I just didn't have any time. So like I said, I am going to be doing more little shows, you know, 15, 20 minute shows here and there for mean age daydream solo feed. So get your asses over there, join up, subscribe to that. And of course, share the show far and wide, give us a subscription and uh, and a, uh, review. I keep saying give us a subscription instead of a review. Nice five-star review and a write-up would be fantastic. I say this every week, you assholes haven't done it except for Sean. Thank you, Sean. So get on it, help us out, and uh, give me a reason to keep doing this because that really provides you with some instant feedback that people are, in fact, listening and appreciating what I'm saying. Otherwise, guys, have a good one. Take her easy and keep those electric eyes on me, babe. Keep that ray gun to my head.